you want Brother Savala to come this morning, I want him to take his liberty. And just whatever he feels, I want him to just obey God. Is that the way you feel this morning? Amen. Let's, let's, uh, let's worship the Lord as the man of God comes today. Praise Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is a day that the Lord's made. Oh, I will be glad and rejoice. I will rejoice. Amen, amen. Rejoicing's a matter of the will, folks. I will rejoice. Amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I thank God for all of the little things and the music and the and uh, the lyrics and all of the stuff that that helps us to rejoice. That, that, but it's just a matter of the will. Today's the day the Lord's made. Just because it is, I'm going to rejoice. Amen. I'm going to be involved in it. Praise God. Amen. Even if I'm sick, praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank the Lord. All right. Well, let's before I start meddling. Amen. Turn to the Book of Luke. Praise God. Amen, amen. What an honor it is to continue on here. Y'all are gluttons for punishment. Amen. Thank God for your wonderful pastor, his wife, and their kindness to us. And um, I say us. My wife and daughter aren't here, but by extension it's to us. So so it's to them as well. Praise God. Which, by the way, I bring greetings from from them. Amen. One day, Lord willing, before the rapture, y'all get to meet them. Hallelujah. Luke chapter number one. Luke 1, amen, amen, amen. For as much, verse number 1, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of these things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. Amen. Jesus, we ask you to help us over the next little while this morning. Thank you, Lord, for every individual, Lord. Every soul that's here, I pray, God, your word, O Lord Jesus, would make entrance in a very mighty and powerful way, Lord, not just into our minds in agreement, but, God, into our spirits in submission, Jesus. We love you, and we praise you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I thank God for his word. Well, I said, I thank God for his word. Praise God on a Sunday morning. I thank God for his word. Uh, the scripture lets us know Luke, who was not one of the 12 disciples, uh, he was an eyewitness. He was a traveler with Paul uh, and no doubt a collector, obviously, of eyewitness accounts of those that had been uh, there and around the Lord Jesus in his, during the time of his earthly ministry. And the Bible lets us know Luke in his writing uh, writes to uh, the people of God and, and he writes to an individual that amongst Bible scholars is still up for debate. Uh, it could have been a person, uh, an individual, 
uh, or it could have been to anyone, Theo meaning God and Philio, Phyllis meaning lover. It could have been to anybody that loved God. In other words, to the church. Uh, so whatever, whatever your opinion is on it, the Lord bless everybody. Uh, and so uh, it preaches good either way. But we do know that he, uh, he, he wrote it to people that were going to love God. And he wrote it for a purpose. He wrote it for a purpose. Now, you have to remember that here he said that there's been many, many that set in hand. Many were writing down things that God had done. Many were writing down some, some accounts. Uh, and he said, uh, I felt, and obviously the Holy Ghost uh, moved upon him to write it. Uh, I felt that it would be good to write these things uh, from those that have been eyewitnesses from the beginning. From the beginning. And then it said, it seemed good to me also to write these things down. And then he said, for the purpose, verse 4, if your Bibles are still open there, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. That thou mightest know the certainty. Everyone say certainty. That thou mightest know the certainty of things wherein thou hast been instructed. The church, when Luke writes this, is about 30 years old. It's been, it's been about 30 years of church history that's gone on. Some would, folks would say, well, how come they didn't start writing it right off of the, at the beginning? And I think the reason why is because they really expected Jesus to come back about like that. The, the, that was that's what drove the early church. That was their passion. Jesus is coming again. We just saw him leave. He's coming again. They, they had heard that 120 or so, uh, as a matter of fact, I believe there's more, that saw him leave. They, they had heard the angel say, hey, this same Jesus is coming back uh, just like you saw him left. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. That will energize you for a while. You see something like that happen, uh, man, you're going to tell everybody. I saw somebody take off. Uh, they took out of here. Uh, there was an angel showed up, said he's coming back. But after a few years, the gas kind of runs out. Well, praise God. Oh, it runs out of us too. Sure it does. We got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. Man, when you first got it, uh, you wanted to tell everybody. You was grabbing a hold of But as the years go by, well, praise God. As time goes by, it's not, I'm alive into Christ, but I kind of just, it's, it's just what I am now. And the, and the expectancy that the Lord's coming right now. There's some of you here, uh, uh, there's been many over the years that I've seen you preach about the coming of God. You preach about the judgment to come. And brother, they'll get scared. Uh, I've seen them run to altars uh, and they repent of their sins. Uh, and they turn away from the old man. But give them a little while of living for God and Jesus don't come. Give them a little while of some persecution come. All of a sudden they forget what manner of person they left. And now I'm going back to the old ways. Now I'm gonna, I'll just be, I'll just be comfortable. I may never go all the way back, but I'll just be comfortable in the pew. And the scripture said that Luke wrote that thou mightest know the certainty of the things wherein you have been instructed. 
Amen. Now, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach here on a Sunday morning. I know typically we kind of do some more teaching stuff, So, uh, but I'm going to preach. Amen. Praise God. So if you, you're going to try and get your nap in, you're going to have to get in about the next five minutes because that's all you're going to get. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That you might know the certainty of the things wherein you have been instructed. I thank God for the last two songs that we sang. I liked all of them, but those last two ones had import to me, one of them being a songbook song. Uh, and it's got some messages in it you ain't going to hear much in most of today's music. It's shot through with Bible doctrine. It's shot through with the blood and the atoning power of Jesus Christ. It's shot through with he set me free and I've been delivered from sin. I'm walking away from the past. It's not just Jesus is my boyfriend for the present and he loves me and I ain't really got to change. But God has set me free. I was there. Now, I don't know if this man sang the, or wrote the song, but I remember as a little boy somewhere around eight years old when Brother Darnell Fletcher, who's just passed on, uh, pastored a great church in Fontana, California, sang uh, that song, I know God is God and he don't ever change. He sang it to my knowledge for the first time uh, in the church I grew up in uh, as a young boy. Uh, and I watched that church explode uh, with fire uh, and passion as they began getting to sing about the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Hey, you ain't going to get that from some Trinitarian church. You ain't going to get that from the Jesus movement. You're going to get that from one God apostolics who got a revelation of who Jesus is. So for a little while this morning, I want to preach to us uh, and to anybody else that may be listening, God bless you, uh, on this subject, certain things uh, in uncertain times. Uh, hey, he wrote this uh, because there was uncertain times uh, even back then. Where is the promise of his coming? Uh, we ain't got to listen to the preachers. Uh, I got the Holy Ghost as well as thee. Uh, and they begin to write some things uh, and say, I want you to know there are some certain things things uh, in the midst of chaos, uh, in the midst of confusion, uh, in the midst of I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, where's the movement going? When's Jesus coming back? Uh, there's some certain things uh, in uncertain times. Oh, hallelujah. I said there are some certain things in uncertain times. Uh, I'll preach this part just to, I can preach it personally. Uh, I know what it's like to be backslid. Uh, I know what it's like to come back to God. Uh, and I wasn't looking for something uh, that had changed uh, to accommodate the way I wanted to live uh, and the things I wanted to do. Uh, when I came back, uh, I was looking for those things that were still certain. Uh, I came back looking, uh, hey, tell me uh, the message again. Uh, tell me uh, what it means to come out from among them uh, and be separate from the law or from the world tell me uh, what it means to have a revival spirit certain things in the midst of uncertainty and even more so now than ever before in human history with the advent of all of the interconnectedness with technology I sat here I don't know in the last week or so had a great conversation with brother, brother Jared Hilton Blew my mind. 
I'm so far behind. God bless all you young people. Amen. And I got at least, I don't know, I don't know how long I got. I got a while anyways. And, uh, and so I got to get hip to some of this stuff. But you all are way light years beyond me already when it comes to technology. And man, it's wonderful. But it causes a great degree of uncertainty if you're not careful in your life. Because there's many voices never before in human history could you have so many voices yelling in your ear within just a few moments. Never before in human history uh, could such confusion come. Uh, in just a few moments time, one Google search, uh, and man, you can find somebody believes this and they got Bible. And somebody believes that and they got Bible. And somebody believes that and they got Bible. All in just a few moments. And so you got to be certain about some things. Uh, the first thing that you got to be certain about uh, is how uh, to be saved. Uh, there's only one way uh, to be saved. Uh, I don't care uh, what any Trinitarian says. Uh, I don't care what the Charismatic says. Uh, I don't care what the Buddhist says. Uh, and the Muhammad says there's only one way. Uh, and it's the Acts 2.38 way. Uh, the Bible said that Peter uh, said unto them, uh, repent uh, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that's a certainty don't talk to me about John 3.16 to get to John 3.16 you gotta go past John 3, 3 through 5 I ain't a mathematician ain't that smart but I got that much figured out you can't get, they all want to run to John 3, 16 and ignore what Jesus said. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Believing anything doesn't make you anything. Believing with obedience makes you something. If I believe, I'll repent of my sins. I'll be baptized in Jesus' name and I'll be filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. That's a certainty. That's a certainty. You young folks, God forbid you ever backslide. We used to, it, it, it used to not be, I lived long enough to see backsliders of a generation ago. When they backslid from a one God apostolic church, they weren't going to go sit in no Trinity church. Say, so you're going to make somebody upset. No, I'm just trying to help somebody be certain. They ain't going to go sit in some other church that preaches there's three. They're not going to go sit somewhere else where it tells you where you can have the Holy Ghost talking in tongues if you want to, but you don't need it. They ain't going to go sit in that mess because they had a revelation. Even though my life was uncertain with sin, I understand some things about the Bible. And if I ever come back to God, I'm coming back to that which is certain. I'm not, I may play around with sin, but I ain't going to play around uh, with some type of false theology. Well, I want to go to church. It'll make me comfortable. You got the wrong reason for going to church. I don't go to church to be comfortable. I go there to be saved. I go there to make heaven my home. I want to live, live for God above everything else. Take this whole world, uh, but give me Jesus, the old song said. Certain things and uncertain time. Now I know Matthew 28, 19, 
Well, Jesus, I'm going to do it the way Jesus said it. Okay, you go ahead and do it the way Jesus said it. Jesus said in the, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So what's the name of the Father? What's the name of the Son? What's the name of the Holy Ghost? Well, I just, Jesus said there was three. He didn't say nothing there was three. He said there was one name that covered three titles. And so, and so if Peter's wrong, and everybody's theologian, you don't care, it don't matter if you're Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, Methodist, Assembly of God, Jehovah's Witness, Mormon, it don't, none of them, all of them will say the same thing. The church started in Acts chapter 2. We're certain of that. The same guy that wrote Luke wrote Acts. He wrote it to the same feller. Or fellas. Depending on how you view Theophilus. I'm just throwing that out let you know I study a little bit. I don't want to get too deep. And so, so he wrote the same writer. He didn't have two different messages. Same writer. And he says, he says that when they were all baptized in, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, 37, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, be baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. If that's, if Peter messed it up, everything after the book of Acts needs to be thrown away. Ain't nobody, now nobody agrees with that. Because there's too many promises and everything else everybody likes. But they just don't like this one. You know why? Because mama did it this way. And grandma did it this way. And I know good people that's done it this way. And the interest is not good people, it's obedient people. If somebody has real faith in the word of God, it don't matter who's done what. It's I'm going to obey God's word. That's a certain thing. Certainty. Certain things in uncertain times. When there's so many voices going on. Well, you know, I just sit at home and... I just get preached to from the internet. You need a pastor. Certain things in uncertain times. When the world is crazy with voices. And all it does is they're just looking to, how can I, how can I, the Bible says, it, it's, it, now this has come to me. Heaping to themselves, the scripture said in the last day, teachers having itching ears. Is that 1 Timothy 3? Is that what that is? It's 1 Timothy 3. That the last days there would be people heaping to them. Now, that was pretty much impossible about 30, 40 years ago. Outside of a television set, which apostolics didn't have those, so you didn't have to worry about that. But now everybody's got the internet. Everybody's got it on your phone. Got it on your watch. Here a little, there a little. It's everywhere. Now it's revealing whether or not you're going to have a heart for the things of God. Now it's revealing whether or not you have an uncertain heart. Or a heart that's fixed. My heart is fixed. Oh God. Is your heart fixed today? Or is it going from place to place? Does it take a little something from here and a little something from there? Or are you willing to say, God, I want certain things. Give me a pastor after your own heart. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, my, 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 my. Ah, well, I got it. I got it. Acts 20, Acts, Acts 10, 25. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together and so much the more as the manner of some is. As you see the day approaching. Certain things in uncertain times. I realize, see, COVID is just, it's turned everything upside down for everybody. But it didn't change the certainty of God's word. 
Can't get away from that. Certain things in uncertain times, I gotta have a pastor. I gotta have a church. Not a whole bunch of churches. Not wherever I wanna go. But God, I gotta be saved. I gotta be submitted somewhere. I gotta have somebody that'll speak truth into my life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Certain things in uncertain times. Certain things. I keep wanting one. I'm not going to hit that. I'll probably hit that tonight. Certain things in uncertain times. Folks, well, I'll just, I'll dabble. Let me just say something. I'll I'll just say this and move on. All the voices that are available to you, because they're available doesn't make them good. And you better remember this. There's some voices. I, I this just. Uh, I hope this is all right, Pastor. Yes, sir. <laughs> you better watch what you. I don't care. I don't even care if it's Holy Ghost or Apostolic or whatever, whatever they want to call it. There's a whole lot of stuff that they play on there that their pastor never have in this pulpit. You better be really careful uh, about the voices uh, that you get going uh, in your mind and your spirit uh, and where preaching doesn't just become entertainment to you. uh, And it's just something that I just listen to uh, off and on uh, and just kind of background noise. Oh, no, no, no. God, uh, let that preaching uh, be a certain thing uh, in my life. Uh, Let it come uh, under the auspices of a man of God uh, that's watching uh, for my soul. Uh, Hey, ain't nobody else else gonna come when you're in the hospital uh, when you need somebody to pray for you there ain't nobody else on the internet gonna come it's gonna be the man of God uh, that God put it's a certain thing for uncertain times oh, oh let's love the Lord together right now hallelujah oh Jesus my 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 oh hallelujah Hallelujah. Certain things in uncertain times. There is only one God. We're not semantics. We're not in an argument. I'm not interested in a debate. You got a man of God here that's written wonderful stuff. I'm even going to try and preach on one God here right now. I just hit a few of them. There's only one. There ain't never been three. I said there's only one. It's all in him. Hallelujah, he's God in creation. Uh, He's the son in redemption uh, and the Holy Ghost in regeneration. Uh, There's only one God, uh, one Lord, uh, one faith, uh, and one baptism. Uh, One God and Father of all, uh, who's above all, uh, through all, uh, and in you all. Oh, there ain't nothing left. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to be certain in uncertain times, listen to me, you've got to get the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, the mighty God for yourself. I said every young person, uh, every adult, uh, oh, I'm talking right now. There's some folks, uh, you know the Bible verses. Uh, you understand and agree, but you don't yet have the revelation. Uh, I can take you, I could take you to that apartment when I was just a 13-year-old boy uh, and I had started getting into some debate with some Jehovah's, uh, Jehovah's Witness uh, uh, over at the local store somewhere. And, uh, and so I was in a debate with them and, and man, uh, they, they confused me because they said, well, the Bible said that Stephen looked up and saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Oh. I remember running home 
I ran to that apartment. I could take it to you on Guthrie. They're in Highland, California, 13 years old. I'm crying now because, man, I believe in one God. I've been taught one God. I know a whole bunch of Bible verses about one God, but my faith is shaken. I don't know how to explain this. And I took my Bible. I put it on that bed. Don't tell me. God don't care about what a 13-year-old boy or a 10-year-old boy or a young person feels about truth. When you want a revelation, you can get a revelation I put my Bible down I begin to pray God I don't understand they said it looks like there's two and I know there's one and God showed me it don't say hand it says the glory ain't nobody ever seen my glory man all of a sudden I got so understood Hey, that right hand if there's a right hand God's got a left hand and that means he's got some knees and the book of Philippians, I believe it says that, that at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven uh, and things in earth uh, and things under the earth is going to bow. Now you can't stay God and bow to Jesus. That means it was the spirit. All he saw up there was a haze, a glory. It was like a cloud. It was connecting back to the Old Testament and the cloud over the tabernacle. But when he saw a body, it was Jesus. And he said, my Lord, my God. I got it ready. You can't take it away. I said, you can't take it away. While I was out of church, God had mercy on me, but you couldn't take it away. You're never going to tell me there's three, two, or 50. I got a revelation. Certain things, certain things in uncertain times, people that need a revelation the mighty God in Christ. If all it was is to believe that there is one God, Saul didn't need a revelation because Saul believed there was one God. He was the greatest proponent of one God. His problem with Christians was that they had an extra God. Jesus is now a God and there's only one God to the Jews. And so Paul's mad at all these ex-Jews that are converting because you're in idolatry until one day on a road to Damascus. Why'd you do that to him, Lord? Because I could use his spirit. He just messed up scripturally. All your life, Paul, you've been wanting to know about me. You studied my word. You're a Jew. You believe there's one God. That's good. The devils believe the same thing. That's why they fear and tremble. Why do you think the devils want to try and confuse our world with a whole bunch of other gods under the name and the banner of Christianity? I'm messing up a good message. I don't know who this is for, but I'm messing up because somebody needs this. Paul's there, Saul at the time, and Saul says, Who art thou, Lord? Now, when he made that statement, he was only talking to the only God he ever acknowledged ever in his whole existence. Who art thou, Lord? 
And the Lord said, I am the blessed holy person, second person in the Trinity. Don't say it. Who art thou, Lord? I am the Holy Ghost. No. Who art thou, Lord? And the Bible records, and the Lord said, I am Jesus. What a revelation. No wonder when we get baptized, it's in the name of Jesus Christ. Titles ain't going to take away your sin, but the name of Jesus will. Oh, I said the name of Jesus will take away sin. It'll heal your body. It'll save your soul. Certain things. Certain things. Certain things. Look at your neighbor and say certain things. Certain things. Say, well, how come everybody doesn't preach what you're preaching? Because they decided that certain things no longer meant it. Well, let's just take one issue real quick just to illustrate the point. Baptism. It was changed. Baptism in all in the first, second century particularly was always in immersion in water. But uh, the Catholic Church come along and decided they was one going to make some money and two, uh, try to make everybody a a Christian from birth. I know you ain't supposed to name names. I'm just telling you what history is. You can go look it up yourself. So they decided we're going to sprinkle the baby. Well, baptism is a type of burial. Anyone ever been to a burial? If you have, would you raise your hand? All right, good. When they bury that dude or gal, they don't sprinkle dirt on top of them. Because everybody in the room go, hey, bad idea. Cover that dude up. I don't want them covered, but they're dead. You cover it up, it's going to be a bad deal if you don't. Everybody, naturally, we know that. But spiritually, they decided that the Bible didn't mean what it meant. So we're going to mess around with it. We'll just sprinkle some water on everybody. That's like sprinkling dirt on a dead person. It don't work. And so then there's another group that they come out of that. I can't remember, I don't know, 1400, somewhere in there. Anabaptists and the precursor to the Baptists. They come and they said, hey, wait a minute. Now they got a little revelation. They said, wait a minute. That's not Bible. The Bible lets me know that everybody got baptized. They was immersed in water. We're going to baptize people the right way. But they only did it halfway. They kept the Trinity formula of baptism. But now you got such good folks there. Ain't nobody wants to be lost, so everybody just going to go the same way all the time. Now you got another group here over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years. It's spiritual baptism. What they teach is when you're born, that's a baptism. Which if that's the case, then John, then Nicodemus was right back in John 3. And so now you got all of these things. What they do? They decided they didn't want a certain things. They want to try and make it sis, palatable to the flesh. Because, because the options, folks, really is salvation. Everybody in this room will spend eternity in one of two places. I don't care if you're an atheist, Buddhist, I don't care if you're Confucius, I don't care what other denomination you may be. Everybody in this room is going to spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. And because to many people, the certainty... 
of the scripture is so cut and dried. I'm going to try and manipulate it so I can get more people into heaven. Even though the scripture is very certain about how I'm supposed to get there. So, Brother Savala, what makes your church and this church different? We're doing our best to maintain the certain things. Oh, the crowds aren't going to be here. Jesus said that. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Narrows the way. And the Bible even says there's going to be obstacles in the road. And few there be that find it. But to those that find it, to those that say, this is certain, this is the way I'm going to walk in it. There ain't no life like it. There ain't nothing like having a revelation of who Jesus is. There ain't nothing like knowing my sins are washed away. There ain't nothing like knowing that in him I really do live and have my being. Oh, hallelujah. If you're here today and you ain't been baptized in Jesus' name, you've not been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, you need to be today. It's certain. It's for whosoever will. The scripture said, Acts chapter 2, verse 39, said, for the promise is to, to who? Whosoever will, to, to your children. Uh, my mind's going to, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Young people here, you need the Holy Ghost. You don't need the things of this world. Which brings me to the next thing. Third thing that is certain. Holiness. Hey man, you don't hear this a whole lot of the places. Just be a better you. Well, Joel Olstein you. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And change the doctrine while I'm getting ready. You do know T.G. Jakes used to believe in one God and baptism in Jesus' name. You do know that? But he changed it because he started getting into the ecumenical spirit of the age. He once was certain. Now he's not so certain. Now I can sell books. Now I can sell more CDs. Now I can have the biggest church in Houston. But God's not about CDs and books and biggest churches. God's about certain things. He's about things that are defined. This is what the word means. This is how you get into the kingdom of God. God have mercy. Holy. Romans chapter 12 and verse number one. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. Oh there are certain things. Somebody get brother Goff get me 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. We're going to get there here in just a minute. There are holy things. You go to a lot of places they'll talk about sin and generalities. Oh sin isn't going to heaven. Or you ought not to sin. That's good. But in today's world, it's kind of like ethics. You have to really explain it today. Because folks aren't raised with it no more. Sin is said in a broad level, but it's never really defined. And so for just a few moments, uh, let me help us all with sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, read. Know ye not? Yeah. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous people that don't do right. 
That's, that's not a, well, what my version of right is here. It's just people that don't do right. That's pretty easy to understand. The unrighteous shall not. It will say shall not. Ain't going to heaven. Don't pass go. Don't get $200. That's not my words. Now, either this means what it says, folks. If it doesn't, we all ought to burn our Bibles and go be the best sinners you can be. Hey, folks want John 3, 16, but they don't want this. Folks want 1 Peter, was it 5, and they're talking about healing. And, and well, they want healing, but don't give me righteousness. Now the Bible said, no, you're not the unrighteous, you're not inherit the kingdom of God, read. Be not deceived. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators. Neither fornicators. Now don't be, everyone say don't be deceived. Don't lie to yourself. If you're going to backslide, don't blame it on everybody else. Just say, I want to be a carnal jerk and go be a carnal jerk. I mean, don't, that, that's our problem. Folks backslide, they want to blame it on everybody else. Well, the church won't let me do this. Pastor won't let me do this. This won't. No, no, no. You just don't want to live for God. So just be honest and say, I don't want to live for God. And the scripture said, don't be deceived. So don't get into deception. Well, the reason I wouldn't be this way if it wasn't for this and all that. And I understand. I, if I, I was going to preach a little bit about family here earlier, I may get there tonight. But there's a, there's a whole lot of influence that family does have. And for a while, young people, you can blame some of your sinful proclivities or inclinations on your surroundings as a young person. There's validity in that. Not total excuse, but the environments that parents put their children in can bring about some of the things that they're involved in. But at some point, Every individual in this room will have to grow up and accept responsibility for the decisions that you're making as an adult. And at that point, I can't deceive myself. If I'm locked into a sinful nature, it ain't nobody else's fault but mine. That's a certain thing in uncertain times. When uncertain times says, well, you're just a product of your nature. Well, you're just a product of your environment. Well, it's just because the synapses just aren't firing right. Well, it's just because of this neurological problem over here. In an age where everything is nobody else's fault, there are certain things in certain times. And so the scripture said, be not see neither fornicators. Fornicators. That means anybody that has sexual relations with anybody that's not their spouse. It includes the word pornea in that word, which is the word from which we get pornography. And so it doesn't matter if it's softcore, hardcore. It don't matter if you're just looking at a little Harlequin romance book. Uh, I don't even know if they got those anymore. Those used to be real big. Uh, and, and I didn't read them. <laughs> those were for the ladies. It's amazing. Uh, hey, did you know? Did you know? This God's on truth. Did you know that there is almost the highest percentage of women on internet porn as there is men? It used to be a man problem. But you know what's happened now? It's got to flip because of the role confusion uh, in the world where you have women wanting to be like men uh, and men wanting to be like women. Uh, you have confusing times, uh, but there's a certainty uh, in the Scripture. It don't matter how confused you may be. Uh, if I'll open the Word of God, uh, I can find out some things that are going to heaven uh, and some things that aren't. And the fornicator. Read. Nor idolaters. Idolaters. Nor now, I got to stop right there just a minute. Idolaters. 
sports. Well, that's our only ticket out of whatever. Or man, think of all the good things they do. Yeah, think of all the dishonest things they do. And think of how they're influenced in the direction of the United States now. Think of how they're promoting all of the, all of the, the, the homosexual agenda and everything else uh, that's ungodly through sports. What about American Idol? Woo. What about, what about these America's Got Talent and all this other kind? That's idolatry. Oh, I'm always saying, start this. So you aren't going to hear this everywhere. No, you're not. Because a lot of them are involved in the mess. Why would you preach against something you're involved in? But when there are certain things, see, when God brought me out 26 years ago out of nightclubs and all the garbage, I, I looked there, I said, I don't want to go back to that. And I stayed in certain things. Some of you have never been involved in it, and thank God you haven't. But don't get conceited. Thank God that God kept you out of it. Idolatry, video games. Spend more hours on, I ain't got time to pray. I ain't got time to fast. I ain't got time to jobs. Proud of what I can accomplish. Idolaters, those that worship false gods. Anything that comes in between you and serving God is something that's becoming an idol in your life. Read. Nor adulterers. Nor adulterers. That's anybody that has sexual relations with anybody that's not their spouse. And now, in today's world, now I, got, I, I did a little psychology degree and I keep up on some of that stuff. You know, today now, they're, they're now, now what they have out there is, uh, how they, call, they call it, uh, it's, not, it's not physical adultery. It's uh, mental adultery. And what they do, they, uh, uh, the name of it just, it, it just ran away. Uh, and, and now what they do is they're close, they're more intimate, not physically, but because of Internet and all that. People will spend more time with somebody that's not their spouse on the internet. Sit in the same room with their spouse, and yet they're hooked up with somebody else over here. Adulteries, effeminate. Those that are, well, you ain't supposed to preach about this here today. Those guys that are a little flaky, a little light in the loafers. Well, I'm just being nice. I mean, I tell you what we used to say. I ain't gonna do that. I offend folks. But it's a spirit that's in our world. It it was there too, but certain things in uncertain times. Those that those that the abusers of themselves with mankind. Those were male prostitutes. Read. North thieves. Now wait, let me just back up there a minute. Here's what's interesting about the United States, especially the Apostolic Church. When I mention homosexuality, folks get really woo about that. But we wonder why we got where we are in the place where that agenda is so prevalent and in your face. You know how? Because churches didn't make that big a deal back when it was just fornication and adultery. 
Back when they used to preach against television in the movies, uh, churches all across America laughed. At one time, all of them held the same standard, but they all started changing. And so pretty soon it was okay to watch Kiss It on the screen. And it's okay to watch this on the screen. It's okay to watch that. And how do you really think that young people are going to watch that stuff uh, and not start modeling it? Uh, and then all of a sudden down through the years, uh, everybody just kind of, ha ha, that's cute. Well, we should do that. And now all of a sudden you get to pick the sin that you want to stand against. Certain things at uncertain times, if you don't allow yourself to go down the road on them other things, you ain't never going to get to the place of the grossness and perversion that we're seeing in our world today. Read. North thieves. North thieves. People that steal. Cheat on your income tax. Well, praise God. Always trying to get one over on somebody else. It's like a lady stood up and testified one time in church service. I said, oh, that was funny. I'm just telling you. Older. Said, oh, I want to thank the Lord for providing. I forget how much it was. It was, it was a, decent, a decent amount. Say about $100 somewhere. Now. It wasn't like $500. Anyway, I want to thank the Lord for providing. Today, I was standing at the ATM, and a man was standing there. He got, he got his transaction, and he walked away. So and I walked up to it, and it was the money that was right there. And I looked, and he never did come back. He got in his car and left. And I want to thank God for providing money. Testified about it in church. No thought. Easily to steal. No thieves. No covetous. No, no covetous. You want to know what covetous is? Try walking, going to walk. It's amazing how much folks don't have time to do things for God. Don't have the money to do things for God. But they can have the newest sneakers, cell phones. Can't pay their tithes and offerings regular. I'll tell you, I'll well, help, praise God. Woo. So, just walk into Walmart for a gallon of milk and see what you walk out with. You know what it is? I'm just going to tell you. Spiritual covetousness. Oh, I know we get in there and there's things that we forget. But there's a whole lot of us including this preacher, has walked in and spent money that I really didn't have. And then later on, well, I wish I'd had that. I wish I'd like to do that. Well, see, it's all across our kind of way. Some folks respond, other folks ain't saying nothing. They're just looking straight ahead. <laughs> it's amazing. Covetous. These people that give themselves over to these things here. We've all had it visit our house. But if you give yourself over to this stuff, if you've got all kind, if you got all the newest and the best and everything, and you can't take care of the things of God, and you can't really be honest in your business dealing, you've got a spirit of covetousness. You better repent today. Because it is certain that you won't make heaven your home. Nor drunkards. Nor drunkards. People that drink. Well, I just have a little bit. I'm just a social drinker. Every drunk started out as a social drinker. Ain't nobody started out to be some alcoholic drunk somewhere. Nobody starts out that way. Well, I just have just a little bit. Oh, we made that stand a long time ago, made it safe. You know what? We ain't drinking nothing. Why? Because if you don't drink a little bit, you ain't going to drink a whole lot. Well, praise God. See, I know that don't go down, especially if you haven't, uh, you, well, never mind, uh, other places. And it, nor revilers, people that can't control their temper. 
I'm telling you, I messed this message up. I preached this before. It didn't go this direction. Revilers, people that can't control their temper. I love you, Jesus. Turn around and punch a wall. Ain't nobody here like that. Oh, you may not say something. You just get real cold. Angry, easily angered. Nor revilers. Nor extortioners. Those that are always trying to cheat somebody. Trying to get something out. The Bible said those types of individuals shall not. Shall not. Not my words. Brother Swallow, you ever had any of those in your life? Yep. One of the hardest things I ever had happened was when my daughter was about 10 years old. She was in public school. My wife and I both taught at public school at the time. We was in, and, and she came home one day from school. I was in the middle school. And, and she's in the elementary. She came in and she said, Daddy, I heard about this and this and this and this at the public school. I said, yeah. She said, Daddy, you never did any of that, did you? Let me talk to all you young folks. The hardest things you'll ever do in life if you go out in the world and mess around and do stupid stuff is have children. And when they walk in and say, did you ever do this? And you get tears coming down your eyes. Knowing that when I tell my daughter, honey, yeah, I've done most of those, that she could easily use that excuse to go do the same things. You better make sure, young folks, living for God. I'm not going out in the world messing around because I don't want that baggage in my family. Daddy, you never did anything like that. Yeah, honey. And I told her right then, I said, I know, I know that you can take this stuff right now that Dad's telling you. And you can use it as an excuse as you get older to walk away from God. But let me tell you the certainty of where that leads. Most of my friends are dead. Some of them are in prison. Let me tell you the certainty of where those things lead and now the certainty of what you have right now. You have a mama and daddy in church loving God. That never happened to your mama and daddy, but look what God's given you. This is certain here. You want certain things in times of uncertainty? You live for God according to the word that is certain. Not about how you feel, not about what you think, but God, what does your word say? There was a group of people 30 years after Jesus is gone that already are beginning to question things and it took a man of God to write a letter. Here are some certain things in uncertain times. You better make up your mind. Jesus, and God, you and I alone know how you've come in and, and messed up this message that you gave to me. Lord, ministering to some needs here. And so, God, I, I'm good with that, but I'm just asking you, Lord, you confirm your word here. God, there's folks you've moved on from the very beginning of this service. God, the, your words made entrance. And God, not just a feeling, but the word, your word, your words make an entrance, God. 
I thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, God, for the feeling and the joy. But, God, I'm asking you, God, that your word would have made entrance, not just in our minds where we say yes in agreement to what's written, but that our spirits say yes in obedience to the word today. That, God, your certain things would be building blocks for certainty in our own lives. We love you today. We love you today. We love you today. Right where you're sitting, would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Jesus, a revelation to come. God, I know while I was preaching, Lord, I, I know there was some, they don't have the revelation yet of who you really are. They have an understanding and they agree with the verses. I'm asking God, God, your spirit would grip their heart. God, times are coming soon, Jesus, that's going to cause them to question. I'm asking you, God, that a revelation would come. God, upon others that are here, Lord Jesus, the convicting power of the Holy Ghost, God, not just to let us know that you love us, but that you really want us saved. We love you this morning. We love you this morning. Come on. Come on. I want to invite everybody that would. It don't matter. We have several guests here. Man, we're just all home folks here today. Everybody that would, would you just come here? Come on. Let's come to the altar. This is a place where we can come before the Lord and present ourselves. The Bible said, present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. God, I heard about certain things today. I heard about certain things, God. Let your word become a certainty to me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah. Oh, hallelujah, God, let me obey your word. God, if there's any way in me, God, that's not right. God, I pray, oh Lord, that you would reveal it. And God, that you would challenge, God, that I'd take it out, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, whether it's individually or collectively as a family. Oh, God. Lord, if there's anything you can use, God, use me today. God, use us today. God is revival. God is burning through your people, Jesus. Oh, God. God, let a harvest come with certain things, Jesus. Certain things. Oh, that's right. Come on, just cry out to the Lord. Let God hear your voice here today. Oh, Lord Jesus. God, let there be a spirit, oh, Lord God, of repentance. God, clear anything out of my life, God, that's unlike you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, you are so mighty. You are so mighty. You are so mighty. You are so mighty.
love you today. We love you today. We love you today. Oh, that's right. Come on, be sensitive to what the Holy Ghost is doing right now. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Lord God, we thank you, Lord.